Thank you. You're okay. Okay. Well, good morning. It's nice to share with you today in our worship. And the Lord is good, isn't he? And we are grateful today as we, this point of time between the years, we can look back and say, henceforth as the Lord blessed us. And we look forward and we say yes, and he that is, has been with us is still with us and will be with us in the days that lie ahead. We opened our worship this morning by a song. Uh, You called me by my name, and I ran out of my darkness into your glorious light. And that rings a bell with me, because the passage of Scripture to which I felt drawn to share with you today, is in Isaiah 43. And God says in Isaiah 43, and verse 1, I have called you by your name. You are mine. I find that very, very wonderful. Because... There is something deeply personal. I know that uh, we belong to the world, we belong to the church, we're involved in all kinds of organizations and groups and so on, but in the end, the love of God for us is personal. I have called you by your name. That was brought home to me by an experience that I had about 20 years ago. I was in the uh, Jubilee Wing in the infirmary, waiting by the lift, having seen um, a heart specialist. And uh, into that area there came a group of men You could tell by the way they were dressed and by their manner that they were either senior uh, staff or they they were doctors. And they came as a group into that area and suddenly one of them left the group and came over to where I was and he said, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I've been to see Mr. So-and-so, and and, uh, what did he say? And so the person who actually came to see me would be known to some of you. Um, His name was Alastair Hall. He used to worship in Bridge Street those years ago. And he came and he spoke to me And I was surprised, in a sense, but the encounter was a very much personal one. Here was the Professor Alistair Hall, the senior cardiac specialist in the infirmary, left his companions to come over and talk to me. Not because I was an important individual, but simply because he knew me 
personally. He knew my name. And he came to talk to me. As he said to me a bit later on, when I saw you there, I was concerned. I'd had a couple of pastors who had suffered severe heart attacks and I didn't want it to happen to you. So our encounter was not a professional one. It was an encounter between two people who were brothers in Christ. We knew each other and he came to me again, not because I was an important individual, but because he knew me. And I felt that God was saying to me, listen, that's what Jesus has done for you. He's left the glories of heaven. He's come down to where you are because he knows you by your name and he loves you and he wants to bless you. He's concerned about you. And I want to say to you this morning, whoever you may be, God loves you. Listen to the words of this scripture. I'm just going to analyze them very, very quickly. I created you. I formed you. I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. I will be with you. I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. You are precious and honored in my sight, and I love you. I tell you, that's a marvelous message at the, at, the, at the end of the year and the beginning, isn't it? God says, listen, you're important because I made you. Um, it's an amazing thing. In Psalm 139, the psalmist says, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Your hands have formed me. You've shaped me. You were involved with me before I was actually born. There's a very interesting conversation between God and Jeremiah in the first chapter of Jeremiah's prophecy. And uh, God said to Jeremiah, listen, you have been selected to be a prophet. Jeremiah shakes his head and said, no, Lord, I'm sorry, that's not possible. I'm young, I'm inexperienced, and I don't have the prophetic gift. I'm just a very ordinary person. And God said, listen, Jeremiah, you were in my mind before your mother conceived you. And I formed you in your mother's womb. So I had a purpose for you And I contributed to the formation of your embryonic condition. You are not just Jeremiah. You are somebody I formed because I've got a purpose for you. And you know, friends, this is wonderfully true. God was involved in my birth and your birth. Because there is no no place for an unwanted pregnancy in the heart of God. 
because God is involved. God has molded us. God has shaped us in his own image. God has indeed stooped down to work in your life personally, individually. So he says, I've created you. I've formed you. You're not just simply uh, uh, an accident. You're here because I wanted you here. You're here because I have a purpose in your birth. I know you by your name and I've called you by your name. Listen, you are valuable in my sight. And I think it's very important for us in this day when somehow we get lost in the crowd for us to remember today that the God who made the heavens made us. The Apostle Paul picks this up in, in Ephesians chapter 1. He says, We were chosen in Christ before the world was made. In other words, before God ever said, let there be light, God said, let Corin Wilson be saved. There, Colin, your origins go back into eternity. Because, you see, it's true. We are known by our name. And before God created the world, he also had in mind the names of the people that he was going to redeem. So, if I might use Colin's name this morning, but you see, you can put your name there today. I have called you by your name. You are mine. You belong to me. You may feel that somehow you're, you're nobody. You may feel that somehow you've been passed by. Um, and you may say to yourself, you say, well, it's all very well for Jeremiah because Jeremiah became a prophet. But God creates not only prophets and apostles and pastors and teachers... God creates nurses and he creates mums and dads. He creates engineers, scientists, painters, musicians. And we are here because God has given us gifts. God has made us in his own image and for his glory. And so this morning, let's just think about this. Let's remember that God has brought us into being. And I love the verse, verse 4 of Jeremiah, of Isaiah 43, when God says, you are precious. You are valued. And I love you. To me, that's a very wonderful thing. Because 
I am not just simply a number. The day that I walked into the hospital, I wasn't just a number on an NH list. I was somebody known and recognized. And a specialist came to look after me. And I want to say to you today, you are the object of the loving care of God. So he says, you are precious because I made you. I made you in my image. I formed you in your mother's womb. I was involved you with you. I made you. I formed you. I redeemed you. I went to great cost. My only begotten son died in agony upon the cross of Calvary in order that you might be redeemed, brought back from your bondage to sin, brought back from all the powers of darkness that have besieged you. I have redeemed you. You are set free because I love you. And you are precious in my sight. Don't undervalue yourself in the sight of God. You are precious. He made you. He redeemed you. He called you by your name. I find that so wonderful this morning. I am called. So when I come into Bridge Street this morning uh, amidst a, a lovely company of people, I am not just simply a member of Bridge Street or of BCC, I'm sorry. I'm not just simply one of the BCC crowd. I'm John. I, I think back over the names I've been called. I remember that when I, when I was a child, my friends or my enemies at school had a little chant. Lanky, lanky, short and swanky. <laughs> I don't know whether they, uh, they were loving me or not, but that's how I was to my school friends. And then, of course, I, I grew up and I went into the RAF. And in the RAF, I became 3005326 Lancaster J LAC, known by a number. And then, of course, I went into college and I, I, I emerged and I became an ordained minister. And then people began to call me Mr. John Lancaster or the Reverend John Lancaster. And then, of course, I moved out of my familiar circle sometimes and I became known as Brother Lancaster. Or, less familiarly, bro. (laughs) 
But when I come into Bridge Street, Jesus doesn't call me by any of those names. He says, John. I love you, John. I'm glad you're here this morning. And I want to get that over to you today. He loves you. Your oppression is inside. And when you come to church, you are not a member of a congregation. You are an individual whom God loves individually and personally. He loves you. He calls you by your name. You belong to him. And that, to me, is a very wonderful thing. And so he goes on and he says, I'll be with you. You may go through times of suffering. You may go through times, in fact, the people of Israel did. They went into captivity. They went into deep waters, into dark experiences of captivity. But God said, I will be with you because I am the Lord your God, your Saviour. And as you look into the future, I don't know what it holds. For some of us, the future is not particularly bright, perhaps. There are dark clouds on the horizon. All kinds of reasons why we might fear what lies ahead. But listen, our Saviour, The Lord our God is saying, nonetheless, I will be with you. When you walk through the waters, I'll be there. Even the fire may touch you, but it will never scorch you, because I will be with you. My grace, my wisdom, my strength, my power, my goodness, my love will surround you. I find that wonderful this morning. So he says, you are precious. I bought, I sold everything I had to buy you. As the apostle says, he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. And so this morning, we, God has been at work in your life and in my life from our mother's womb. I find that an amazing thing today. The creative fingers of the God who made the stars and the heavens, the constellations, have been shaping my life and your life. And so that's not only true physically, it is of course true in a very wonderful way spiritually. Let me remind you of some words of the Apostle Paul. He's writing to the Philippians in chapter 2. And he says to the Philippians, the Lord who began a good work in you will continue it 
until the day that Jesus comes. He who began a good work, not only just physically, but spiritually. The Apostle Paul writes to the Ephesians and he says, uh, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And the word workmanship is a lovely word because it, it actually means we, we, are, we are God's creative work of his fingers. The tapestry, if you like, of what God is making. We are his workmanship. We are his craftsmanship. And God is at work in our lives today, shaping us. Paul writes then to the Philippians again, and he says, it is God that works in you. The God that works on you before you were born. Shaping you. Yes, okay, the genetic material was damaged by sin. And God picked up that damaged material and still shaped it according to his will. And wonderfully has transformed it by his grace. So, the God that began a work in you in your mother's womb is still at work wanting to shape because his purpose is to make you and me like Jesus. That's the wonderful thing that he has in mind. That's, that's what he really wants to do. He's not so much concerned with making you successful in this way or that way. He wants to make you like Jesus. And so he brings you through experiences that sometimes test your, your nerve and your will, stretch you, challenge you, inspire you, because he's at work in you to make you more and more like Jesus. And so the Apostle writes uh, to the Philippians in, and he says, work out your own salvation then. God is at work to put into your will and into you the ability to do what he wants you to do and be. But you have got to respond to that. You've got to work out in your personal life what he's working in you. So when God puts a desire into your heart, respond to it. When God challenges you through his word and you feel somehow, I don't know, I don't think I should be doing that. I shouldn't be living like that. When God challenges you, Paul says, well, respond to it. Work out your own salvation. You're not going to get saved by your own efforts. But... You need to respond to what God is doing. God is going to move upon your will. God is going to put ideas into your mind. God is going to move on your emotions by the Holy Spirit. And what God wants you to do is to respond to his word. Respond 
to his touch upon your life. God is so gracious. God is so patient. When I was a baby, apparently I wasn't a very pretty baby. I would never appeared on those adverts for pear soap or whatever. I was thin. I was small. I was scraggly. And our family doctor, and he really was one of those real family doctors who was more interested in you rather than writing prescriptions. And he apparently, he came to see my mother and he stooped into the cot where I was, picked me up by the ankles and swung me in front of my mother and said, look at him, he's like a little rabbit. (laughs) My mother was deeply offended. But I want to say to you that God picked up that little rabbit not by the ankles but by the hand and led him forth drew him to himself put his arms around him loved him was patient led him out into the world taught him and is still at work after 94 years of walking together. Forgive me for being personal, but you see, he called me by my name, John. He still does. And I hear him say, I love you, John. And I say, yeah, I love you too, Lord. And that's true not only for me, it's true for you, for Tom, Dick, Harry, Gloria, Bernice, whoever you may be, whatever your name, I have called you by your name. You are mine. So this morning, let's rejoice in that relationship. Let it bring confidence to you as you move into the future and to know that that same Saviour who began work on you when you were just an embryo is still at work, still loves you, He says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. Plans that go far beyond the circumferences of our human life into eternity. And there, when we see him, the final work will be done. We shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. Brothers and sisters today, can I, can I just say to you, listen, 
God does love you. He knows you. He made you in his own image. He has imparted those gifts that you have. He knows you. He's called you by your name. He spent everything he had to save you from the power of sin and Satan. He's promised to be with you because you are precious and honored and because he loves you. God bless you today. And as you walk into the future, reach out and take that pierced hand and look up into his face and say, I love you too, Lord, because you first loved me. The Lord bless you. For his name's sake.